This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table? Well, it's actually oval. Just say yeah, it. The blind guy feels it now. Goes, <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. Well, you're uh, there at AMI head office. You've yep. got the proverbial table in front of you. I do. You've got the whole table. Jeez. Oh, when was the last agreed. time I did round table from the office? I think uh, every time you're doing it in the office from now on, you should probably host it, select all the items to talk oh, yeah? about. Yeah, I think that's Doesn't the way to go. Doesn't it not matter anymore since we're going to be transparent proverbial. about all the items? And we've always been saying, you know, the proverbial round table. Yeah. It's the virtual table. One of those things that basically suggests it's in your Horrible. minds. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Uh, we do this on Thursdays. Uh, Ramya and I gather with uh, with a guest, and we visit and kick some topics around. Really, I select these things, and well, Ramya used to not have any heads up, but just in case I get kicked off, did you send them <clears> to me today? Yeah, earlier. Sure. I think. Pretty sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, well, folks. Anyway, generally, <laughs> I'll send them to her. So in case I get kicked off. She may be able to either make something up on the spot or help right. us out. I'll make up my own clips. <laughs> Today we welcome to uh, the roundtable a guest who's been with us before on the roundtable, but now as he works with the Kelly and Company team, we thought, hey, man, let's make this guy really work. Let's give him his real initial uh, inauguration to the team. Welcome back to the roundtable, Grant. Oh, hello again. <laughs> and again and again well it's, it's like before i said he'd be joining us again and i realized no no today he hasn't been on the show no. yet it was our meeting earlier that made me feel like but also he's been here twice yesterday once today and tomorrow we'll be holding down the fort as we uh move uh grant wow. into taking over health and lifestyle headlines uh welcome back how's today going i uh, good man i uh I'm wondering, I mean, I'm the guy that you just can't get rid of now. I'm you have wondering, a strong presence. Wh- <laughs> when am I going to overdo my welcome here? <laughs> well, my welcome. I, I think I think the bosses would say, use Grant as much. Make sure he's being used in this new situation here. You guys have fun. Take advantage of him. So we are, Grant. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> All right. Well, let's have some fun at the same time. All right, let's get at it, guys. A new poll suggests that most Canadians feel no attachment to the British monarchy, and that a few, a few have, few have been impacted of late uh, by Queen Elizabeth's death. Conducted by Leger and the Association of Canadian Studies, the survey found a majority of Canadians are indifferent to King Charles' ascension to the throne. The poll was conducted September 9th and 11th following the news that Queen Elizabeth II, the longest ever serving British monarch and Canadian head of state, had died at the age of 96. While her passing has prompted an outpouring of tributes in some corners of the world, nearly three-quarters of respondents say the Queen's death has had little to no impact on them personally. John Kennedy, the Canadian Press. So we talked on the program with Billy that the fact that we're hearing so many people with their memories, and I know when she first passed, there was a lot of programs on up here in Canada where people were saying in one of her visits to Canada, uh, there there were many visits to Canada, 22 in total over the 70 years, and... you know, people had some memories of of that. And we've talked about over the years the importance of the monarchy and how now it has changed. We've had conversations with Danielle McLaughlin uh, about this stuff on the program. 
Um, do we feel that this may be the result when we look at which provinces said, yeah, we want to do a little more on Monday, the day of the funeral, by giving people the day off? Now, this is happening in the Atlantic provinces, but Quebec uh, through Alberta, basically, um, are not participating in the same way. But Grant, out there in BC, you guys have Monday off. Is that is that right? Um, it really depends on where you work. Our schools have the day off, um, but a number of companies don't. So unfortunately, there's a little bit of inconsistency here, and especially with school kids being sort of out of class, uh, but parents potentially working, I'm kind of wondering about just whether Monday is going to be a day of mourning or like how much we're going to have for families that's just going to be a bit of a logistical sort of uh, challenge juggling, you know, childcare and and that kind of thing. But I, I would say it's very inconsistent from what I've heard. Ontario here, a day of mourning. It's interesting because, again, you go back to... Maybe you look at a poll like this. Is this a reflection of the some of the conversations we've had of late about uh, Canada being part of the Commonwealth, the monarchy? You, you start seeing that lack of commitment that is Canada's notorious for of saying, yeah, we're going to do this almost like for show. Hey, we're hearing that we're, we're the federal government's recognizing this. Oh, good for Canada's federal government. But along the road, the provincial says, yeah, but it's not good for business. So we're, we're not doing that. If people wish to get up early, you know, maybe their bosses will let them alter their day a bit or something. But we're not we're not making a hard line position here, Ramya, to to make this kind of decision again, more of the as, as Grant said it's kind of a hodgepodge in his province, one participating more than this province of Ontario is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the inconsistency, I think, is going to throw a lot of people off. And this is whether you're recognizing the day like with your company or not. And um, see, like Grant just pointed out a, a tactile version of this, an example, which is what's going to happen with childcare and if... Parents are going to work, but kids are off school. What does that even mean? Yeah. And so we're not actually focusing on the morning. This is what I'm talking about. Yesterday, I brought this up with the intention around uh, Billy's conversation. And it's that if we're not focusing on the morning because we're so caught up in, hey, wait, what do you mean some of us are doing it, some of us are not? And what does this mean for federal and provincial and all of this stuff? Um, are we really justifying the day for what it's supposed to be it doesn't feel like it nope and and with that grant i have to ask are we respecting the monarch that we've known the, whether you respect the monarchy want think we should have it or not in this you know in our society you, you do feel kind of like uh the backhanded slap i do yeah i i i, I think it's what you both were saying about just Canada's commitment. Canada's messaging tends to be a little bit mixed on things. I mm. could not for the life of me tell you what Canada's stance mm. on this really is. Our monarchy is obviously, yeah, yeah. Our, our, our monarchy is obviously a huge, uh, sim- I mean, all criminal cases, right? It's been the queen of Canada versus, Whoever, like it's mm-hmm. very prominent in our courts, on our money, you know, it's very ingrained into our society. But I, I, 
I suppose we see something like Monday and we wonder, you know, what are the cultural implications of that and how sort of ingrained is the monarchy into our lives? And if, if yeah. it sounds like I'm being a little bit wishy-washy on this, I guess I guess the truth of the matter is I'm not really sure where we stand other than... Mm-hmm. You, you know said, what it is? Uh, it's because, Grant, you're Canadian. Um, <laughs> I think you just gave the wonderful example, but I'm going to switch it up here, guys. Sort of stick with the same, well, uh, something along the lines of the Queen. When Dave Inglis took up the bagpipes at age 40, he never imagined that he would one day perform for royalty. But the 61-year-old uh, wound up at Balmoral Castle on August 17th playing the bagpipes for the Queen along with 40 other uh, uh, pipers, drummers, and dancers. Take a listen. When people can ask me how good a bagpiper I am, I can say, well, apparently I'm good enough to play for Her Majesty. And I did. So there. <laughs> I love it. England said that the Queen seemed to enjoy the show very much, and he was shocked when she died just three weeks later. Have either of you, now, Ramya, I'm aware of you carrying the the Olympic torch. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you, either of you, performed, I'll start with you, Rum, for For dignitaries? No, no, I I wasn't going to go that far. No. I have not mentioned it yet. No. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of, well, I forgot. It's just one of those little old things I did. Uh, Anyone that you would consider dignitaries, and that includes mayors, anything like that. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Other than uh, the the kind of media presence and dignitary presence we got when we carried the torch in Toronto uh, during the Vancouver Olympics in 2010. Uh, aside from that, I can't really think of anything. Oh, but if my mom was here, she would probably tell me something. She would. In she the would Tamil community. Yeah. Grant, have you? I I'm afraid to say <laughs> I don't believe that I have either. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much to say on that other than... Well, you can pretend that, that somebody, uh, some dignitary, must have seen you on television before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's just say, let's that's, go with that one. kind of the angle I was about to go with. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe the Queen has watched Am I This Week? Oh, my gosh. Maybe. In the past. Never, you never. We gotta no. check her TV history. Um... <laughs> and I, I know one time, remember Grant, back in the day, we did a series when Charles, King Charles, was in Canada and across the country visiting different cities, but they happened to be a lot where our offices were. And we shot in the day that he was, well, the trip he was taking, it was a you know a few days trip. We shot footage. And I know when he was coming out of Ryerson, my team, we were shooting him and he came down the steps next to me. We got good, good footage. Then he was off to Alberta. Our team out there got stuff. I was going to bring it up with Jim Crisco when he was on the other day to see if he you know, had a recollection. I think for me, um, not a performance, but recognition from the mayor of Toronto when David Miller was still mayor. Mm. A few of us, Billy, myself, and one of our other producers, Tony King, who we've had on the program before, uh, we were recognized for our work at, at AMI at one point years ago. Um, but no no plays or theatrical performances or certainly not my singing. Well, I might have been buried <laughs> in a choir singing uh, in front of uh, dignitaries. I think we may have went on a trip um, to the lieutenant governors, and I think our choir may have sang for the lieutenant governor, but I, I'm not even that's sure that might be something I might be making up to. I was trying to figure out why were we there? Uh, guys, I'm going to move on to TikTok. Uh, so many people like to 
well, talk about the TikTok. U.S. researchers <laughs> say TikTok search results are riddled with misinformation. A research report published Wednesday says searches on the TikTok platform regularly steer users to misleading information. According to NewsGuard, in nearly one in five searches on TikTok, the platform suggested videos that contained misinformation. For example, researchers say they found misinformation in searches for videos about mRNA vaccine, the 2020 election, the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, climate change, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. TikTok, which is owned by Chinese company ByteDance trails only Google among the most popular domains in the world, according to online performance and security company Cloudfare. In a statement, TikTok said its community guidelines prohibit harmful misinformation. I'm Mike Gracia. So we've heard this with YouTube and many of the others that had to go to this because they knew people were putting things out there. The world is flat, and this is why. Yeah. Um, Ramya, you, you spend a bit of time watching TikTok. I'm going to assume it's not a place you would necessarily run to uh, for necessarily certain things, maybe how to how to do this or do that, okay, how to certain cooking and, and things like sure. that. But you tell me. You know, the, the funny, like I was actually laughing at the end of this when they were saying they prohibit misinformation. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, because yeah, you prohibit sure. it. It's not there. Yeah, oh, my. That's right. Doesn't Are exist. Are you kidding me? Do you know? We just the, haven't found it. The funniest stuff is when people duet misinfor- uh, videos that contain misinformation. So duets are these kind of split screens on TikTok where um, a user will take another user's video and then you can see them reacting oh, okay. to that former yeah. video. So yeah. there's all kinds of these up reviewing there. Reviewing it. Yeah, reviewing it, making fun of it, rolling their eyes at it, whatever they want to do, right? And so there's so many videos of misinformation, of just ridiculous uh I don't. I don't even know what to say. Opinions? But somebody's correcting it, Rum, and, and it's not possible. They're full of misinformation, yeah, okay. and we need a video that's triple screen. Well, it's unbelievable, and even the amount of blind, low vision, disability presence that there is on TikTok, and how many people go ahead and correct misinformation on that front about different. Like I've seen tons on misinformation on just blindness. It's wild to me that, now, <laughs> that this if you're is blind, trailing... you need one of those electric noses. Yeah, right. Or <laughs> that it's trailing Google. Like that's unbelievable. It's so big, and yet there's so much in misinformation on TikTok, man. Grant, curious of your feelings about. Don't know if you use TikTok enough, but yeah. we mentioned Google. Yeah, I know you can't believe everything as we say with Jeff Ryman on Google either. I, I gotta gotta say, man, I have some very mixed feelings about social media, and this is one of the reasons why that you can really fall down some some rabbit holes right. in misinformation. And you know, I remember when I was a child thinking like, ah, oh, you know, the days of citizen journalism are almost here. You know, people will just post what they see and experience, and it'll be up to the minute news. And now we see that the elections are literally being altered by misinformation pushed through algorithms we've got just these bizarre conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. about like 5g networking and the covid vaccines and some stuff like that and just other really bizarre like radical rabbit holes that you can fall down which the algorithms sort of feed i yeah i really have some issues and just trying to avoid the content of my own but I always see it occasionally from like my friends of friends, and I'm I'm just like, no, not you two. Right. Like, you've fallen <laughs> down this rabbit hole as well. Do you second guess what Google tells you? Like if you said, hey, Google, when are the Ontario provincial elections? 
2022. And then Google gives you a result. Will you trust that or will you go? And that's such a simple um, question, right? Yeah, I'm pretty careful to always um, to always examine the uh, website that it's directing me to. You know, mm-hmm. there was this thing where you asked the Amazon voice assistant, like, how to do something, and it told you to, like, stick something into an electrical outlet. Or, there was something like this, and kids were, <laughs> like, trying this, and they had to no. reprogram it. It's oh. scary. It's I may have that slightly wrong, but it was something very dangerous. Oh, stick a coin in it. I don't know. Something like that. It was very dangerous. You know, it's scary stuff. We really have to be careful. We do. It is amazing. And I think everybody owes it to themselves to kind of double check the fact or understand this is written by a, as they like to say, a uh, a lady contributor. Right? right, so you gotta keep in mind that it it might be me just answering what I think is right, the best way to do something, and you might be, yeah, I need a little more than that. Grant, as usual, thank you for joining us on the roundtable. Always a pleasure. Grant Hardy, reporter here at uh, AMI. Uh, Always love having him on for the roundtable as we do this every Thursday on the program. Bring a guest on and Rummy and I chat with them. When we return, we'll see what's coming up tomorrow on AMI-TV's Now with Dave Brown, as well as talk to you a little bit about our show. Stick around. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.